Hi, this is Jessie Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Arlene Rust with us of Arlo Arts. And Arlene is from the UK. And if you have not heard of Arlo Arts, because she is one of the few brick and mortar stores that carries crepe paper, and she's located in the UK. And she has tons of UK fans. We know that. Our very own Sue Bowen. (laughs) Sue Bowen loves your shop. Tells everyone about it. So Arlene, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, Arlene. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a dying question. I want to know how you came across crepe paper and when did you start making paper flowers? So like quite a few paper florists, I got married in 2015 when I was researching the flower side for it. I decided I didn't want real flowers. I didn't want flowers that were going to die. I wanted something to keep. So the usual internet search, I came across paper flowers. Initially, I focused on origami style flowers and I created all the flowers for my wedding. So my bouquet, posies for my bridesmaid, all the table decorations. And I got obsessed by origami. And I also made a thousand paper cranes to act as a table display. So it was completely paper focused. I made lots and lots of flowers for my wedding. It was about 850 individual flowers I had to make. Um, And I had a little project plan because I was working full time. And then after the wedding, I was still obsessed with making the flowers. I was still making them. And my husband got a little bit frustrated with the amount of paper flowers that were the house and tried to (laughs) encourage me to offload them. So I started to try and do craft fairs. So I started playing around with craft fairs. And from there, I looked into other types of paper flowers and came across crepe paper and started making flowers with basically any other type of uh, paper, whether it's origami paper or comic books. And I just developed from there. So I started doing craft fairs, but I didn't feel that they really worked for me, partially because some of the ones I did were outside. So it was a gazebo in a car park Mm -hmm. and you were subject to all different weather conditions, whether it was raining or windy. And also transporting the flowers. And I didn't really enjoy that whole process of setting up and and, and just generally that whole process. It it felt like you had to make, you're trying to second guess what people would want rather than being able to make custom custom work. Mm -hmm. And all this time I was working full time. I used to work in, in the city of London, work with investment banks. I was very much corporate. And it gets to the stage in everyone's life, I think they they almost have a midlife crisis and want to do something different. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I thought, oh, I'm not sure I really want to do this commuting every day. I was commuting about two hours to London every day, working really long hours, mm-hmm. working with people based in Toronto, in Sydney and in London. And it just got to that stage like, no, don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. I'm going to embrace the paper flowers a bit. An opportunity came up in Bedford. Someone opened a small shopping arcade. And they had lots of little units and it was just a monthly contract. So rolling each month. So I used that as a test bed. Mm -hmm. Started getting a little bit of a reputation, but the location didn't really quite work for me. And it wasn't quite the right setup. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. I um, decided to take the plunge and sign up to a proper big bricks and mortar shop mm-hmm. in the centre of Bedford mm-hmm. with a lot more space, an opportunity to run workshops, as well as sitting there making the flowers all day mm-hmm. and having a very large dash of crepe paper. So one thing I struggled with was getting good quality crepe paper in the UK. And I contacted Marola in Germany and I, I liked their paper. I liked the fact that it had a high UV resistance and was non-bleeding. So it was good quality and you knew that it wasn't really going to fade. Plus they had the doublet range. So mm-hmm. I opened an account with them and they manufactured lots of paper to order for me. And mm-hmm. these pallets and pallets and pallets came over from Germany. <laughs> yes, uh, we've heard about days those. Days and days and loads in it because I, I do this all by myself. So I'm a single oh, single wow. female business. I don't have any workers. So everything that comes out of Arlo Arts is just me. So all the orders that are dispatched, it's just me. I'm the only one that runs oh. the shop. <laughs> <laughs> you are. So it's, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes quite a bit of dedication, but I've... Uh, finally got to that stage where I feel that I've built up a business and I've built up a nice reputation I would just like to be able to make a lot more flowers and have time to make a lot more flowers (laughs) (laughs) so you said that your shop is in Bedford are you do you live in Bedford as well yeah I do my husband originally from Bedford and when we had children we decided to come back and settle closer to our family rather than being in London so I'm only a 10 minute walk away from my shop, which is brilliant. So no commuting. So quite often if people want to pick up orders on a Sunday from the shop, I can just pop in and mm-hmm. collect. And obviously during the pandemic, it was quite convenient to be so close to the shop so I could get supplies when needed. I could dispatch orders without any real issues. So it it, it definitely was useful to be close to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, like, Arlene, I think like your story from making paper flowers to opening up a brick and mortar store, like that is like a lot of our dreams. A lot of the people we've talked to anyways, and paper to profit have dreams to open up their own store. No, not necessarily to sell supplies, but which comes naturally though, but Mm -hmm. like to run and host workshops and just, you know, contribute to the community. So your story, it's so cool. It's so guys, it's totally doable. If <laughs> if you put your heart and soul into it and quit your daytime job, <laughs> yeah. it's, it is a, a full time job and more. So I'm, I'm yeah. regularly making things in the evenings as well. So it, it is hard work. There's a lot of things you need to think about if you have to bring some water shop. Then obviously you're taking on a lease for a period of time, whether it be mm-hmm. one years or five years. You've got all the extra overheads that you have to think about, whether it's business rates and local taxes. And generally, try and make sure that you're, you've are you got an, enough interest within the store. So it's not maybe not just paper flowers. Maybe you've got other complementary things in there. So I happen to sell craft supplies as well, along with all the crepe paper. But I've got things like craft kits, so paper craft kits that people like and I just tried to get quirky gifts and vases and things like that so people Mm -hmm. if they want to order some flowers then they've got the ability to get a vase with it as well so it's about not just focusing on the paper flowers you have to think of all the other aspects of it and the running costs and the just day-to-day general running a retail business yeah yeah what do you find the most challenging running a retail business Uh, finding time to do everything that I want to do I think mm-hmm. that's the main thing. I 
I'm really, really bad at saying no to people. So if people want to come in, they see me making flowers, they want a custom more. No, I haven't really got time to make it. I find it very difficult to say, say sorry, I don't have time. <laughs> That's one of the hardest things. <laughs> it is um, hard. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I find difficult is that when I'm sourcing goods for the shop, so whether it's gifts or other supplies, that I'm not just buying things that I like, that I want. Mm-hmm. So I have to think of what goes it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know that's the trends. Difficult. Yeah, all your favorite colors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. Like in the day of our little arts. Like, do you, when do you ship your packages? When do you make your flowers? Like, when do you open your stores? What is your day like? So I open the retail door for um, shopping at 10 o'clock. I open till 5.30. I the first thing I do I go in make myself coffee that's mandatory no, people have had at least one coffee print off all the orders that have come in sort of overnight package of all the orders and get those dispatched so my first few hours in the shop are always getting getting the previous day's orders out and, and package mm-hmm. and dispatch then I'll sit down have another and then it's starting to make things so I I sit in my shop I have a desk next to sort of effectively the till area and that's my workspace I've got crepe paper all around me and I'll sit I'll be making the flowers people come in to the shop they might watch me making flowers and they come in but I still get this and it still really surprises me people come in and say what these are made of paper my husband says that I should have that splashed on the wall somewhere you know as a, as a saying yes they are all made of paper <laughs> right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people are fascinated. One of the things I think with having a, a bricks and mortar premises, people can come in, they can see the flowers, they can discuss custom orders, and it's almost like you get a bit of added credibility by having a shop. Yeah. But also people are inspired by what they see. So they see mm-hmm. things and go, Oh, I didn't realize you could do that. So I think I get a lot more orders because of that, that, that people can see it. People think, oh, this is different. This is unusual. Yeah. So it, it definitely makes a big difference. Yeah. I think the legitimacy thing is, I think you're so right on that point. A lot of people still find it's kind of like a brick and mortar store, just like your website is somewhere for someone to actually go and see if you're legit. <laughs> Are you real? Are you delivering the, the, the type of products I actually really want to buy? Or instead of you not having a website, not having a place, people just, there's, you have a name and a telephone number. There's no trust there. I think yeah. there is a sense of trust when also they see you physically in the store. So they know, oh, if, oh, this person actually works here. There's a sense of community as well, especially if you live there. Like, oh, this is my neighbor. <laughs> I can trust her. I can trust what she tells me and what she makes for me. And I think there's something really wonderful about that, that local feeling and that, The idea that, you know, even though, yes, you can talk to someone from around the world, nobody knows your community, your history, your what you're doing better than Mm -hmm. the person who lives next to you. You know, there's something I think that nowadays like to come back to supporting local. And I think that's wonderful. It's it's wonderful that you work where you live. That's or you live where you work, vice versa. That's so cool. I think changed as well with the pandemic as well, with people having uh, lockdowns and certain restrictions being in place. So I was getting orders for things like thank you gifts and that, and I was doing the, the doorstep deliveries, which yeah. is always really oh, strange. Like, that is so like, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, don't go into people's houses, knocking on the door, and then yeah. sort of putting the package on the doorstep and stepping back and saying, you know, delivering things, whether it's craft supplies or kits or, or paper flowers. 
it was so nice to be out and about deliver things to people that that couldn't get to the shop or weren't allowed to be in the shop one of the other things in the UK for some care homes and hospitals real flowers aren't permitted anymore I don't know whether it's allergies and things like that but but I was able to deliver get well gifts to care homes and to them to people in hospital because paper flowers were permitted mm-hmm. so they were still getting flowers they were still getting a sort of a touch of nature but you know Aww. they couldn't have the real ones so that was quite nice as well that is so wonderful it's so thought yeah it's so thoughtful I mean yeah having somebody hand me the gift especially the person who made it like that's that's a connection that you can't that is special <laughs> it is a special connection especially if we're used to getting like packages from I don't know what couriers that like throw them onto your onto your yeah. your porch, no right? Whatsoever. Yeah, like that's so different. That's so nice. Yeah, that's wonderful. I know you also uh, rent out your space for workshops. Like how how does someone go about doing that and arranging that with? And sorry, um, and also second question: What was your idea of like why were you offering or why are you offering this type of opportunity and space? Yeah. So when I had the, the first shop, this very small unit, people were coming in and looking at the flowers and saying, do you run workshops? Do you teach people? So it was basically driven by demand. People wanted to learn and people wanted workshop spaces. So when I got the opportunity to move to a bigger shop, I made sure I had a space there that, that I could have r- workshops running. I would love to run more myself. I just really physically don't have time to sit down and design the courses, design the mm-hmm. template. So I've because of time pressures at the moment, but also because of the pandemic where we weren't allowed to run them. I haven't run any workshops for a little while. Hopefully in October, I'll start running a few more. I've got a birthday party lined up that I'm doing for someone, but people can contact me if they wanted to run workshops and say, can I rent the space? Or if they want to come in and have a party organised, I do that as well. So it's really nice to be able to have that sort of group celebrating, mm-hmm. whether it's a Hindu or a kids party, you know, that I love doing things like that. I just haven't really had a huge amount of time to get them all organized. At the moment. How did one contact you to reserve your space? Is it better to go in person, call you or email you? Any mechanism. I, you can call me and people can send me an email, contact me through Facebook or even pop into the shop. I, I, you know, it's, it's whatever's easiest for people, really. <laughs> I love that you make yourself so available to your customers. <laughs> That's the well, social touch, right? Yeah. Well, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. My approach is that I want to be, I'm quite relaxed about things. I want people to be relaxed about things. If I'm making paper flowers for them, I want them to feel confident that they're, they're going to get their flowers. I particularly feel, try and relax couples that are getting married. So if they're doing a wedding flower consultation, I always try and get them to relax because the last thing they need to be is stressed about their wedding day. So if I can say, look, your flowers will be ready. They'll be ready on this date. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. They, they seem to like that sort of more relaxed style rather than what do you want? When do you want it? You know, and that, that there was enough <laughs> pressure and stress around readings without without me adding any extra to them. So, <laughs> so <yeah>. true. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what I found is the downside of this is people, a lot of the couples this year in particular have said, oh yeah, and can I also have so that's two weeks before the wedding and as I've already alluded to I'm very I very I can't say no so if people yeah. want something it's just like oh yes of course I'll do that so I'm doing your wedding flowers and they suddenly want some extra thank you flowers for the the mums then I'll do that as well <laughs> 
think I know your Enneagram number. I think you're number two, which is a helper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can just imagine. I mean, going into your shop and seeing, you know, a group of people making something, whatever it might be, just like the atmosphere and the air that creativity, that like surge of that joy. There's something really enticing about going into a really welcoming shop with all these beautiful like arts and craft tools and supplies. And then seeing people actually make something from those tools and supplies and then coming out of it and just with a smile on their face. There's something really enticing, I think, for a lot of artists to, it's like sharing that joy with other people. And being in a space that, what do you call it, nurtures it as well. It sounds like that's the type of space that you, you're you trying to create for your community with Arlo Arts. Yeah, absolutely. I love when people come in and have workshops, they create something or, and I always, this is another thing that I do as well with workshops. If I say that it's a two and a half hour workshop and you need more time, you have more time. <laughs> I don't say, right, that's it, your time's done, you, you're kicked out. So I don't mind people if they're hanging around and want to create a bit more. If they've come for a workshop today, say make peonies, but they want some tips on something else. We always go off tangent. There's always other things that are chat- we chat about and discuss. With kids' parties, what I find is the kids don't always want to do what the, that, the activity that's been chosen for them. They get <laughs> Of course. They get restless. <laughs> They're wondering when the cake's going to arrive. <laughs> oh my God, you let them have cakes there too? That is so cool. Yeah, so if it's a party, um, there might be cake served halfway through. Or, yeah. or, or one time they brought in a load of pizzas. So it's always, <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, well, that's a great place to have a birthday. <laughs> a birthday party. When I set up the workshop space, one of the, the main things I decided on was a table that could expand. So it could be whatever size it needed to be. So it sits up to 10 people or it could be made smaller. But I also made sure that it was easy to wipe down and clean. <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs> you don't know what's going to go on that table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the glue comes off nice and easily. What kind of workshops have you had in the past other than paper flowers? I've run origami ones, so teaching people how to make various different origami shapes, even paper cranes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've had people coming in doing watercolors. I have one company that comes in that does needle felting workshops. We've done calligraphy. Yeah, that's anything really. Anything. That's so cool. Such a great creative space. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice to have that. And if you walk past the shop, my, my shop's in two, the, the half that you have seen on Instagram, but there is another window uh, and that's where the workshop is, a lot of the craft supplies. So people, if they're walking past the shop, they can see and they can see people at the workshop as well. So that that sort of entices people in. So I've had workshops where people yeah. have wandered in and they're just, just watching what we're doing. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> probably would be like that I'd be like what are yes. you doing <laughs> when can I join in <laughs> exactly <laughs> with running a store what are the downsides because I feel like you're at a store all the time and your life is focused full of paper flowers from opening your eyes to opening the store to being at the store delivering things shipping things out and then yep. when do you have time for your husband and your kids well <laughs> Oh, it, it is it is full on, but the beauty of being so local to the shop means I'm back home within ten minutes of closing. Well, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, so the commute isn't there anymore, which means I've got more time at home. So we've got the evenings here. Obviously, I'm I'm I open the shop six days a week at the moment, so Sundays are my day off. So 
basically when I close Saturday night, I come home and I'll make a big meal Saturday evening. I always make a big meal Saturday evening and then Sunday's more of my relaxing mm. day. And then, yeah, so it's and my, my kids are a little bit older now. So they're 16 and 19. So they're quite self-sufficient. They've got their own life and independence now so they don't need as much sort of babysitting as they for that day too <laughs> um, I am and I'm I'm not I don't know but I, I love the sage they're adorable but I, I yeah but there's no way I can run a store <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mine know how to order food online and get it delivered yeah. <laughs> charge it on mom card <laughs> <laughs> That is so um, wonderful. I yeah. can't wait to come visit your store one day. Mm-hmm. I know both Jesse and I love the UK and mm-hmm. we're just dying one day that we can travel again. And it's on yeah. my bucket list. I would love to come see your store, make some paper flowers at your place. It'd be so yeah, cool. Come and run some workshops here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's that'd do be it, so Jessie. cool. Yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Tell us what kind of papers do you carry? We got to know like what papers we can use. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the main paper that I have is the German florist crepe paper and I have the doublet as well I'm very sad that I've had to limit the the number of colors I've got in the doublet now so so many aren't available anymore and I have small selection of Italian crepe paper as well the 180 and the 90 gram not as many not as much quantity shall we say because I'm able to order that in slightly smaller quantities than the German paper <laughs> From ordering um, the German crepe paper from Weola, I've heard um, many stories, and I just love that you do carry German crepe paper. I feel like a lot of stores that I know of, they just carry a lot of like the Italian because it's so much easier to get. And I know with the Weola, they are limiting their colors a little bit, and the packaging is a little bit like you have to buy, you want this color, but you get other colors. With what is the well, process? Was it hard to order? paper from them certain aspects were difficult basically I don't buy it in the multi-packs I buy it single rolls and I have to buy a minimum of 50 rolls per color so I so I get 50 rolls per at least and then I've Mm -hmm. I've ordered all the colors I can and for the for the doublet it comes in basically minimum order for me is 200 sheets per color so that's that's the minimum I have to order each time so yeah that's a lot of and and I also know from Oh, I don't know what the pricing is. For me, it's, it's the most expensive type. So I'm just yeah. thinking about like the money up front that you have to pay, yeah. you know, to buy it. Yeah, so that is a commitment. And when I first placed that order, I was obviously very nervous about ordering so much paper. Because yeah. it was something, I think it was 30 different colors of German crepe paper that I ordered of the florist crepe. So that was 30 boxes plus every color of the doublet I could get at the time mm-hmm. and I had a very large delivery very large pallet delivery <laughs> several yes. pallets suddenly <laughs> arriving and go oh my word <laughs> um, were you like do I, I have space for this <laughs> yeah I didn't really at the time <laughs> <laughs> not, not initially <laughs> uh, I had a conservatory at home that was my storage space and I've just recently got a new delivery of German crepe paper and I restocked the colors I was low of so I had two pallets arrive last Monday and it took me pretty much the entire day to offload it off the pallets get it into the shop get it unboxed get it onto the shelves get it into storage but I knew I had muscles after that you know <laughs> <laughs> 
the side benefits of paper flowers. <laughs> um, yeah, you so should, if, if, yeah, so if people want to go ahead. You should and, intentionally, um, right? I did do a lot more, but the wonderful thing that is Brexit has <laughs> issues for me. So it means that I have to go through customs to ship internationally now. I also have to go through customs to import from Germany. So that's caused me lots of extra headaches this year. So the price of um, importing the paper has has increased. This time, the shipping costs doubled. Mm-hmm. And it's purely because of Brexit, which which is a bit unfortunate. So it is. Yeah. And the shipping in the United States has also increased too. So it, especially with COVID, there's a lot of imports that's just been slowed down in general. Things are so much harder to get nowadays. Mm-hmm. Are you experiencing that in the UK? Yeah, last year at one point, getting cardboard boxes to use to ship things was almost impossible. And it was um, like a six week wait time for cardboard boxes at one point. Luckily, wow. I had ones that I could get, I could use. But yeah, it's for the international shipping. So shipping to Europe, some of the couriers suspended deliveries for a while. So I couldn't mm-hmm. ship because I, there was no shipping options. Then they started them again and then the prices keep changing. Certain things getting into the UK are quite difficult at the moment. Whether it, I mean, some of that's because of Brexit, some of it's because of the pandemic. It's a mixture of reasons. So it is it is difficult. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, have to see how it goes in the run up to Christmas as well. I've, I've Having a bricks and mortar shop, I've, I'm trying to think about what I need to order in for mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's, it's difficult to know. It really is tricky to know. So, mm-hmm. so sure. particularly since you have to pay all these costs up front. And then yeah. you you don't want to be stuck with lots of stock or things. Are. So exactly. it's, tricky, right? it's tricky for everyone. Yeah. 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 I, I wonder because um, we get a lot of people who do uh, who are in Europe and ask about how to um, go about buying German crepe paper. Usually it's German, Italian, and it's a little bit easier for them to to get on Amazon, um, you know, mm. you go online. Mm-hmm. But usually, yeah, um, German. And that's why I asked because... I mean, physically, you're in Europe, but yes. Now that you mentioned Brexit, I don't even think it's any easier for them to get crepe paper from you than it is to get it from overseas, like from Cartfinney or something, or for Cartfinney from Rose Mill. But it was, it. I mean, you're in our group, in our Facebook group. You've seen people ask, you know, they're like, "Where do I buy this?" And we, I mean, Quinn and I have limited information (laughs) because we're in North America. But I, you know, I know we always suggest Arlo Arts, but now I'm like thinking, well. You know, I'm sure you can deliver to them, but it probably will just take, you know, be more, be, you know, not, it probably be like more expensive than I expect, probably because even though you're in Europe, like you said, because of the policies now, they're different. It's like, a, you know, with the customs and everything, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. I mean, if, if basically any of the European customers, if they want crate paper they just they can just get in touch with me and I can quote the shipping cost mm-hmm. what I've decided to do is as and when people ask I'll add that country on onto this as a possible shipping option because at the moment I, I don't know exactly what the shipping costs are for every country the delivery companies are changing things all the time so it's best just if anyone wants anything just get in touch and I'll I'll find out what the best ch- shipping option is what the cheapest ones are and 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 let them know that's much the easiest way at the moment because it's so varied at the moment. 
Okay, good to know. Yeah, so guys, mm-hmm. if you're in the UK and you want German crepe paper or Italian crepe paper, make sure you contact Arlene. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, give her, Arlo you know, arts, everybody. Yeah, Arlo Aris, just, you know, email her, <laughs> let her know, oh, you know, I'm thinking about buying X, Y, and Z. Can you give me a quote? And she'll do the hard work and look it up for you, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is so kind of you to do that. I absolutely understand why you would want, want to on a base to, you know, case base case to base cases, case to case basis, God. Because like you said, the shipping costs are just, you, you can't even predict them right now. And there's so much dependent on, you know, the availability of the couriers, the distance, the weight, like there's a lot of factors that you can't just, you know, off of the back of your head, give a quote and hope that it will cover your cost. So yeah, I absolutely understand why you would want, you would feel more comfortable yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that we want to specifically ask Arlene? I think that's it. We covered a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so for yeah. being so generous with your time with us. Sometimes people come into my shop and I start talking to them about paper flowers and I'm thinking they probably want to get away. They probably don't want to hear all this information. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, th- yeah, thank you for being so open with, you know, how you run your business. I, I think a lot of people are curious. I think a lot of people need to know what the realities are, too, of mm-hmm. running a business. I mean, you're you sound like you're very, very capable. You know, you're not just making flowers. You're running a business where you have to deal with money, you know, yeah. Um, cash flow. Yeah, like shipping, multi like there's so much that goes into it. So, yeah, it's really helpful hearing from someone who's actually doing it and can I say doing it you know as superwoman by themselves like that's yes. amazing, amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but knowing like there's a lot that goes into it you know I but yeah let's think, go yeah, yeah no I go ahead lucky, I think I'm lucky um because my background has been in business so I was a business manager for a number of years in various different companies so I've always managed budget. And when I worked in investment banks as a business manager, there's lots of different factors that you have mm. to worry about. There's all the legal and compliance issues as well as running the business. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is actually I was a mathematician by trade originally. Ooh, so, cool. I love that. So, so I actually have a PhD. In Hence math, we're right? Gabby, right? And that's why we're Gabby got you. Yeah. yeah, so having a PhD in math means I'm I'm very focused on that side of things anyway and and a bit of a nerd and yeah (laughs) you're not afraid I mean that's important though (laughs) like it's important you're you're not afraid of numbers which is I think the wonder like you're not afraid of your numbers you're not afraid of looking at them you probably love looking at them and making sure things balance and you're not like procrastinate you know some people are scared of looking at their bottom line right it's like oh do I have enough money will I but you're not and I think that is that is so cool I mean we're just talking with some another guest about how she was a late late bloomer and it you know having a second career where maybe your first career or your life experience really helps you to this point in your life because if you had been doing something else or you did this like 20 30 years ago and you never had a career in 
you know, business or you didn't have a mathematician um, degree, then like, or mathematics degree, sorry, then you or might finance. not, or finance, you would never be here or you would maybe be there, but not be as successful, you know? So it's so cool seeing how your life experience really brought you to the place that you are now. Okay. So let's end up with the fun one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite app? That's a tricky one. The couple of apps that I use quite a lot are really for business-wise purposes. I use Snapseed quite a lot for editing photos because a lot of the photos I take are actually on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I use that. Um, and for the for the shop, for designing things like flyers and just generally putting things like, occasionally I make cards. I like using Canva as a, as a design tool as well. Yes, um, we love Canva. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like using those because they, they're quite creative. They're, use, they're easy to use as well. I'd love to be able to go into use things like Lightroom and get a lot more experience on the photography side. But frankly, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Your day is so busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever works. Honestly, at this point, it's like it's better to document than not document, you know, and get it out there and share, especially if you're running a business I mean yes I think branding and imagery is important but as long as it's adequate (laughs) I think it's fine you know I think we do too much overthinking sometimes where we're not sharing enough Mm -hmm. we're like a little bit critical yeah I think that's easy to do because you want whatever you put out in the public domain to be perfect Mm -hmm. but sometimes it doesn't have to be perfect just sending out a message is all you need to do Uh, just say look this is what I'm doing this is what I've got this is where I am that that's more than adequate so yeah. true. I like how you said it, sending out a message, you know, yeah. it, it, which it is. It's a, a way to yeah. tell somebody, communicate, right? It's more yeah. communication as opposed to, hey, look what I'm doing. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's more like, hey, w- look what I'm doing. And maybe let's have a conversation about what I'm doing kind of thing. That's really yeah. cool. Great way to, I, I love how you framed it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Arlene, for being on our show. You're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, likewise. It's been so nice to match a face to a name. Honestly, I mean, like, you've been so helpful, like the paper flower community and like worldwide, um, not Mm -hmm. just because of paper supplies, like you, you help, like when people have questions, you, you know, you give them your time of the day. Yeah. And, and give them Mm -hmm. your, you know, opinions or your knowledge and share all that. Um, yeah, we're just, we're very honored to have, mm-hmm. to be peers, you know, to be in the same community. <laughs> oh, it's great to speak to you. I mean, I must uh, miss it. I would like to engage more on social media and comment on all these social media posts, but I, I, I don't tend to scan because I don't have time to engage as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. I should set a, a more time aside for, for engaging with people and, and commenting on social media posts more. Or share, share what you do. Yeah. <laughs> would love yeah. to see what you're doing in your shop when you have time. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly making sunflowers this week. Oh, nice. Oh, fun. How appropriate. <laughs> Medicine flower season. Yeah, thank you so much, Arlene, for appearing yeah, on our podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons, Elaine Lim, Maria Van White, Lenny McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin, Bonnie Slipper, Laura Wheelie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation, and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.